0: Eeeh! Everyone, to another episode of the Midwest Auto Sports Podcast. My name is Lauren Kelly, founder of Midwest Auto Sports, and this is Will Garrett. Fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> and we are sponsored, as always, by Pedal Down Promotions. Pedal Down Promotions is a full service. Per- oh, jeez, that was a nice false start. Let's try that again. Puddle Down Promotions is a full service public relations and media services company devoted to helping businesses organizations, civic groups, sports teams, and book authors effectively communicate with their targeted audiences through a diverse array of promotional strategies and methods, including press releases, newsletters, profile and feature articles, websites, social media, content development, printed media, marketing materials, editing and layout, graphic design, and book publishing services. For more information on how Pedal Down Promotions can become your fast track connection to success, contact Jeff Peterson by email at pedaldownpromotions at gmail.com or call 920-323-7970. And will uh, do us the the pleasure of running down the show just for a little bit.
1: of course, we're gonna take you all through the news of this past week. <laughs> it's um a little craziness. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about, so buckle up, folks. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a wild one. Then we're gonna go to our sage fruit winter circle, uh talking about some road course racing, asphalt racing, and of course our local dirt stuff as always. Then we're gonna go over to the, the calendar of this week and mm-hmm. see the upcoming races and then we're gonna have an interview with
0: fast jack vanderboom fast jack he will be on the show this week and we've got uh just two new sets of power rankings this week just uh dirt kings and msa after the ira rained out unfortunately big bummer i was really looking forward to seeing them at Fairbury, but uh we'll get on to that all just a little bit later but right now we have uh some news to talk about so we'll get this ad read right out of the way here if I can find it there it is. We and this is our new segment presented by Recognition Race Products on warm summer nights as the sun goes down and the sound of rubbing engines fills the air the passion for racing carries an energy all on its own. We offer everything drivers need to take that passion to the winner's circle with the most complete selection of parts, gear and tools available. Recognition Race Products, we make it easy. Visit us visit us online at go to rrp.com or at our store at 118 Highland Avenue in Plymouth, Wisconsin apparently I have not woken up yet today because I just cannot talk. No. Um, but we had, <clears throat> excuse me, we had uh, an F1 race this past weekend. Uh, if you can really call uh, F1 at Spain an F1 race, it's kind of a bore fest as usual there. Um, however, there was some history made. Uh, Lewis Hamilton eclipsed Michael Schumacher for total podiums for the most all time. So he now has the most podiums of any driver in the history of F one with a hundred and fifty six. And considering he joined F one like what, twelve years ago? Two thousand and eight? Or two thousand seven? Something like that, twelve, thirteen years ago. It's pretty it's pretty impressive. Mercedes domination is definitely uh Yeah, and before that McLaren, he was with McLaren for Yeah, he had a, he had a few lull years.
1: years though. He has yeah. never uh, had a season where he didn't win an F1 race. Mm-hmm. So that's impressive all on its own. Yep. Um, all right. You wrote this one down, but I let's did. talk about it a little bit. <laughs> Vettel makes his own strategy during the race, and Ferrari is just becoming more and more clueless. So, what are your
0: thoughts on this?
1: <laughs> did you watch the race
0: at all? No. <laughs> oh, my God. So halfway through the race, it, you know how they come up with the little radio blurbs? Yep. This one, was, this one was, like, 45 seconds long. Like, he, <laughs> Vettel comes over, or his team comes over the radio and asks if he thinks that he can take these tires to the end. And he's like, dude, I've been pushing for, like, the past, like, six laps, like, smoking these tires because I thought we were going to come in. And then he's like, well, then he asks his team, what lap time are the guys behind me running? And they told him it was, like, a 22-6 or something like that. And then they're like, so... And then he asked, Well, so what time do I have to do to stay in front of them? And then they told him like twenty three five. And he's like, Okay, well then we'll we'll take these tires to the end. And then it seems like, Okay. So he literally told his team the strategy that they should be doing. And it paid off, he finished in the points in a in a really, really crap Ferrari. And Charles Leclerc <laughs> he he spun out. Spun and wrecked the engine. Uh yeah, it's just Ferrari is just Yeah, those there's three Italian Grand Prix this year and they're all gonna be a little bit rough for the old Tifosi, I think.
1: <laughs> the Scuderia is not gonna make a lot of Italians happy. No, I don't I don't think so. Alright, let's talk about some more open wheel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marco Andretti is on the poll for the Indy 500. Spoiler alert if you wanted that to be a surprise, but if you're hearing this on Thursday before the race, you probably weren't too uh, keen on finding out yourself. <laughs> I was say so, a week before. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think he was the first Andretti on the poll. I'm not a huge, like, this is like a ESPN stat that has nothing to do with anything, but he was the first Andretti on the poll since... Uh nineteen eighty seven or something I mean, like that. Mario. Mario was yeah. on the poll for that. Yeah. And eight out of the nine drivers had Honda engines in it. Yeah. Only Rhinus Rhinus VK? Rhinus VK, yeah. Yeah. I he think. was the only Chevrolet driver to make
0: it with two. a really small team as well. Yeah, I think he qualified fourth. Yeah. With the uh, Dryer Reinbold, I think. Which is again a really, really small team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people really happy for Marco. I'm happy for Marco. He's had a lot of really bad, well, not bad, but just kind of lackluster years. Uh, and I know he's, he's been called that he only has a ride because of he's, you know, driving for his dad's team and blah, 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 and whatever. But, you know, it's nice to see him put it on the pole, especially an Andretti on pole at Indianapolis. That's kind of cool. Um, on another note, I'm actually wearing this guy's hat right now. Fernando Alonso wrecked in uh, IndyCar practice at the Indy Five Hundred. He's trying to complete his triple crown again this year, um, but he had a rough start. He wrecked in practice and then missed the Fast Nine qualifiers. Um, I'm not exactly sure where he actually starts in the race. Uh, maybe I can look that up for our Sage Fruit Winter Circle a little bit later. Um, but it kind of looked like that. Twenty what was that? Twenty seventeen. When he led a bunch of laps in the McLaren, uh, that kind of looked like that was probably his best chance uh, to win the Triple Crown.
1: We'll see. I'm sure he'll come back every year until he wins it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I want to see Alonzo win it. I think that'd be awesome on just for
0: everyone in the racing industry to see Alonzo do that. Oh, speaking of that, a couple weeks ago we talked about how McLaren was open to him doing the Monaco and Indy... Double or whatever, even though they're on different dates. Renault put a stop to it. They said that we're not going to allow him to go run IndyCar while he's racing for us. Because what McLaren was going to do is they were going to put him in one of the spam cars sure. in Indy, but they said we're not going to let him go run with a rival team at a track that doesn't matter. That's so, dumb. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but at the same time, that's kind of dumb. You should let the guy go race. Uh, you want to talk about some NASCAR stuff?
1: NASCAR. All right, they're testing the next gen car at Dover, uh, with Cole Custer. What do you think of how that car looks? I gotta kind of look up another picture
0: here, but uh, they are testing it today, Monday. And, and it, I, I don't think by any means that how it looks now is going to be the final product. But oh, I am, I am completely sure it's going to look similar. Well, it'll it look doesn't have it, but
1: any. It doesn't have. Uh, any manufacturer markings on it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So it kind of looks kind of like a Hot Wheels car right now. Yeah.
0: But I don't know. I think it looks good. Like just the shape of it. Mm-hmm. You know what the front end reminds me of? Like I know it's kind of, it looks kind of like a Camaro front end, but it reminds me of the new dirt Grand National Camaro bodies. Sure. Like right, yeah. the ones that you see at Plymouth and stuff. It kind of
1: reminds me of that. What I think. Needs to happen is they need to look more like super late models, <laughs> like on asphalt, <laughs> yeah, that, like the Gen 4 cars, a little uh, sleeker looking. Yeah, it just kind of looks like a brick. I mean, the wheels make it look like an actual car now, but it just looks like the front end, just just the height of the nose is just just punching a giant hole through the air. Yeah, it, it looks like it could be, it's a race car, it's supposed to be sleek, mm-hmm. you know. That's just my thoughts on how the looks of it, I haven't, I heard it looks, it sounds kind of funny as well going through, just because it has a, I don't know what kind of engine, I think it's a normal Cup Series engine in it, Mm -hmm. but it just sounds funny because I think it has like an X-pipe in the middle of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. I'd like to see it with some actual manufacturer identities on it before i make any judgment calls
0: some logos and yeah, stuff on just, the side because right now you can't really there's like a weird paint scheme on it and you can't really tell i mean, this, I mean there's a picture like this there with yeah. someone kind of photoshopped numbers and but you still can't really you can't really see the definition of like if there's any kind of arrow stuff on it at all but there's supposed know. to be a diffuser on it oh that's cool that'd be cool for road courses um what else can
1: I say about this car? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it I it's, yeah, yeah. I just I like to see it with manufacturer yeah. identity before I make any judgment calls, and the, I think the nose has to be closer to the ground. Just I just guess put not a
0: massive front splitter on. Uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> just took I, I wouldn't say hands. like <laughs> I wouldn't say like it needs a sp- like a massive splitter on it. I just think it just the nose needs to be kind of shrunk mm-hmm. and put towards more kind of have some uh, some rake to it, mm. like a. You'd see on, like, an F1 car, Knows is really in the ground. Otherwise, yeah. yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's being tested. Well, it's actually testing today, you said, the day we were recording this with Felipe Nasir, uh former F1 driver, and then Austin Sindrick, who's won just about every Xfinity race this year. He's uh, yeah, I think, like, <laughs> five out of the last seven or something like that. But I'm kind of one of those road course specialist guys, too, so... Uh, and then it's testing again. You just said it's at Dover uh, with Cole Custer uh, very soon as well.
1: But today it's testing at the Daytona Roll since they were just yep. there. I thought that was a really good, really good race. The internet and some other uh, online like journalists they didn't really like it. I know Eric Eastop he's a giant NASCAR YouTuber.
0: He hated it for some reason. I don't know why. I don't, I don't understand. It produced like. The two guys that were fighting for the win were nose to tail on, the, like, the last five laps. I don't know what else you want. Like, I, I really I think don't it was know. more
1: of a strategy race, and a lot of NASCAR fans say, like, the whole rubbing is racing kind of, of mentality.
0: Strategy to me is really interesting because it's so, I don't know, I'm on the edge of my seat when guys, like, don't really know what they're supposed to do, and, like, you know, nobody really knows what's going to be the best strategy and, and all that cool stuff, and... I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. So It was really interesting to me, and just the racing on track I thought was really good, too. Yeah, there was a in the point in the last 20 laps, Chase Elliott was like five
1: seconds ahead, mm-hmm. but Denny Hamlin was really reeling him in. Mm-hmm. It was like, it cut from, from like eight seconds to five seconds in a few laps. Like, oh, will we have time to catch him uh, by the checkered flag,
0: mm-hmm. and... Look, sounds like uh, there's an alarm going off in the background somewhere. Um, and then we had our uh, Wisconsin boy and uh guy who was on the podcast earlier this year, Josh Palicki. Uh, he ran well again in the Xfinity Series, uh, uh, finished P12 at Daytona. And this should also be said he's doing this in a car that's meant to start and park. Like with that BJ McLeod racing. Like I know the BJ actually ran a... Uh, car in the daytona 500 earlier this year with sage fruit not funny enough um, <laughs> and he uh he's fielding i think just one car in the xfinity series and it's one of those cars that's meant to put like you know people that don't really get an opportunity in nascar in there like maybe some super late model studs and stuff like that but and then just like kind of run the first 20 laps and start to park and just get the contingency money at the end of the year or whatever it is but josh is wheeling the heck out of that car which is great to see, um, especially at the Daytona Oval, uh, which was also fun. And then you put this one in here. Yeah, this is kind of a
1: weird, st- weird stat that like really doesn't matter at all. But <laughs> I call ESPN I call them stats. ESPN stats. Yeah, but it's the ones that pop up halfway through an NBA Finals game or something, and you're like, okay, what? That is so <laughs> specific. It has yeah. nothing to do with anything. Uh, so, Austin Dillon, he was diagnosed with COVID-19, and the fill-in driver for Richard Childress Racing is Kaz Grala. Uh You may remember him from his Truck Series win a few years ago at Daytona, and he, this is a Cup Series debut, never really ran a Cup Series car at all, besides maybe a few tests or whatever. Mm-hmm. He got the first top 10 finish for the number three car on a road course since June of 2000 with Dale Earnhardt Sr. behind the
0: wheel. It's it's an ESPN stat, but it's also really strange. That like, you know, because I think was Austin Dillon really been the only guy to run that number three car, correct? Since, Since him, yes. Because Kevin Harvick was technically six, in that car, but it was the 29. So, But it's
1: the number, or I guess, I don't know. It's been six years. Since uh, this is the seventh season with the number three car back, mm-hmm. and they have not gotten a top ten at a road course.
0: Yikes! <laughs> but at a boy Kaz Grahl, I believe he finished seventh, uh, inside the top ten. Very very impressive. Um, now, go on some dirt. Yeah, let's talk
1: about the dirt. There's a lot of stuff that happened here. a lot of stuff
0: that happened. I I was putting this list together and just going over the news from this past week and just all of the drama and juiciness that flowed through the Wisconsin dirt racing scene this past week was just fantastic. So we're going to get, or maybe not so fantastic depending on your viewpoint. Um, But first off. Uh we're just I think we'll just call this the Mitch McGrath debacle or the Mitch McGrath incident uh from now on. Uh I don't know. You weren't there, were you, on Friday? No. At Plymouth? No. Uh, I was not there's a cat playing with something in the background. <laughs> All right. That's happening. <laughs> yep. Uh but he was racing with the Dirt Kings at Plymouth in the Diamond 42. Uh and in his heat race, uh his night didn't get off to a great start. He wrecked Joel Bennett out of the lead in the heat race, got black flag for it, DQ'd from the heat. As he was going off of the track, uh he flipped the flagman off and flipped the entire crowd off. <laughs> and then uh so once again he got black flag, and then he comes up for his B main, finishes second, transfers to into the they had two B mains in Plymouth for late models. That's pretty cool. And then finished second in his B transferred to the feature, started like third to last in the A-main or second to last or something like that. And he raced his way up through the field pretty cleanly. And then in the last 10 laps, when he got up to the top five, he just punted everyone off the track. Hmm. Um, He wrecked, uh, who was it? Well, he spun Jesse Glenns out of the lead, but then both of the cars actually spun around and kept going. So they had... uh, they had both of them. Well, they threw the yellow too soon, they said. So they gave both McGrath and Glenn's their spots back um, and then just kind of re-racked it from the first restart that they had. Uh, and kept going. And then McGrath spun Justin Reed out of second. Justin Reed proceeded to run drive around the track and ramp up Mitch McGrath's rear end. <laughs> so they black flagged Justin Reed for the race. And then then it was the last two laps. It was a green-white checkered. And uh, McGrath's back end was all screwed up and whatever. And heading into turn two on the final lap, he goes up the inside of Nick Anvilink for second and then just all of a sudden decides not to continue to steer in the corner, drives up the racetrack into Nick. Nick goes over the berm. And if you've never been to Plymouth, there's a offshoot in turn two. Another track exit. Yeah, a track exit. And there's a blunt wall opening on the side. That's covered with water barrels and Nick went head on into the water barrels, you know, on the gas coming out of turn two, like actually got air going over the berm before he hit that. Um, So really, really scary incident. I believe Nick had some kind of injury because my grandpa said when he was there and he said that they were still he was still in the ambulance after he walked all the way through the pits, talked to a bunch of people and then left. Hmm. So really scary And then they DQ'd McGrath from the event, and then after the races, his crew got in fights with uh, Justin Reed's crew, and Nick Anvilink's crew, and Taylor Scheffler's crew, all these people, and uh, they were just like a big line of people waiting out there to fight Mitch McGrath, (laughs) and then uh, he apparently hid in his hauler. The Dirt Kings officials had to go inside his hauler just to talk to him, and then uh, they informed him that he would no longer be welcome at any Dirt Kings events this year, um, apparently it's an indefinite suspension, but it's to be reviewed at the end of the season. And then later, a couple, well, a couple of days later, Plymouth, uh, banned him from all events at Plymouth for the rest of the year. Or had to be the next day. Cause yeah. they, he was there
1: when we showed up for our night of racing on Saturday. And I don't know, like one of my crew guys asked was asking why they were loading up the car. And I kind of had to explain the whole thing. Oh, so he showed up to Plymouth. They never left. They, like, must have oh. camped there or something. Mm. So they unloaded, the, they, like, had the car unloaded. They were, like, getting it prepped and putting on new body panels and stuff. And all of a sudden, you saw him them pushing the car and leave. And then we're like, is it going to rain or something? What's the deal here? Like, no,
0: I think he got banned. <laughs> he got banned, and then he went up to Shawano and, and uh, finished really crappy. <laughs> so, and apparently, when he showed up there, it was just choruses of booze. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a really unfortunate incident and I don't know. There were apparently there wasn't a whole lot of actual fighting but just I mean he wrecked like wrecked three other really good race cars. And that's it's really unfortunate and I don't know. I I've, I've never been a fan of the guy to be perfectly honest, but you know, he was always one of those guys that would run really well with, like, out-of-town late model ser- series and stuff like that. So, it was cool. But, eh, that sucks. I don't know. It's entertaining for the crowd and stuff, but it's not for the right reasons at all. And neither is this next thing. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about another fight.
1: <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't even know about this one. You can yeah. take this one. Did you
0: not see the video from this? No. Well... If anybody hasn't seen the video from this, you can go head on over to MAS Autosports on Facebook and, uh, scroll down a little ways and you'll find this incident from 141 on Saturday night. Luke Lemons was running, I think sixth in the IMSA stock car feature when somebody on the front straightaway w- who was restarting on the inside of him decided not to drive straight and just turn towards the outside wall and, uh, Pegged him to the outside wall. Uh, I don't know if. I'm, I'm, well, Luke's car was toast. And then. Uh, so the field. They put out a red flag because apparently there was fuel on the track or something mm. like that. And then. Luke sprints over to this guy's car and just does a freaking Superman fly onto his hood, puts a giant dent in the hood of the car, then jumps on top of the car and just starts jumping on it and slamming his fists into the top of the car, and then he just jumps off and just calmly walks away. Yeah, I just found
1: I just found the the video on our website or our Facebook page here. What is going on? <laughs> And then after the race...
0: Uh, also, is this suit a tuxedo? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I know. And the, the thing is, is, there's a difference between this and the Mitch McGrath incident. Mitch McGrath got DQ'd because he was wrecking other people, and then I don't think he's apologized for it at all, and I haven't seen any kind of thing on Facebook from his team or whatever. Uh, whereas Luke, immediately after the night was over... Uh, jumped on Facebook and wrote a really nice, sincere apology. He apparently went and apologized to the driver that he jumped on as well. Um, But apparently, at 141 in the pits afterwards, there was about six other teams waiting to fight that same driver. So it's just (laughs) like, apparently there's two guys that just kind of had it coming this last weekend, and they both kind of got their dues. And that guy that he jumped on as well was DQ'd from... From the event at 141 along with Luke, but his car was toast anyways. Um, I haven't heard anything, like any sanctions from 141 down to Luke in terms of like fines or suspensions or anything, and I doubt he'll get one, but it's just, <laughs> that kind of thing I think is just purely entertaining. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you have different opinions on I have different on opinions this. on fighting <laughs> at
1: racetracks, but yeah. it's it's entertaining, I'll give you that. Yeah.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's move on from uh, a little bit of the drama here for a little bit. Uh, Tony Stewart has released that he's tentatively going to race with the All-Stars at, at and IRA at Wilmot. You just shook your head. <laughs> I don't know why you're shaking your head. I don't that tentatively. Stuff. Well, he's hurt. So Oh, oh he's hurt? He is injured? Yeah. He, I what happened? I don't even know. I don't know. One of the All-Stars employees at Plymouth told me he had some rib injury or something. Oh, okay. So he... Kind of was going race by race, and uh, uh, was it Tim Schaefer was running his 14 car in the 360 Nationals? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but either way, All-Stars IRA at Wilmot, that's going to be a really, really fantastic show. Um, Let's talk about the Nottville Nationals a little bit. Can we just talk about the name for a second? The one and only. I don't like that. I don't name. like that at all. <laughs> it's really dumb. I like Knottville National. Yeah, they should have just called it that. That or actually called it the Knoxville National. And why not? You know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Anything else but the one and only. It just doesn't sound like a race. Because there was three
1: races. Yeah. There <laughs> <was> three.
0: <laughs> I know it's supposed to be like, this is the one and well, only week I guess at Knoxville. The but, big race like, was the Capitani Classic this year. So they called the whole week the one and only. I guess that's really dumb because <laughs> there's many days. In the one yeah, and there. there's
1: three days of racing: <laughs> yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: I don't know. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. Um, but the format, I do have to say, it was really nice, where they had, uh, you know, different guys lock into the dashes through the first two nights, and then on the last night. They just had four qualifiers which were heat races. They just called them qualifiers. Not qualifiers are different. Well. They are different because they were longer and they only took four from each one into the feature. Which was weird. I think, right? It's different than a heat race. Why? I'll, I know it's I'll explain it me. to you later. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> if you say it's the name, I'm kind of, whatever. It's not the name. But yeah, I don't know. I really liked it, and honestly, I liked it a lot more than the normal nationals. Okay, so I'll explain to you real quick. Okay. Think, think of think of a heat race as a heat
1: race. You know, think of a qualifier as like seeding. Like oh, for a tournament. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
0: That's what it, that's what it is. All right. Okay. I don't know. I like this a lot more than the normal Nationals. I feel like the Nationals gets really long winded by the end of the week. And I kinda I it's one thing to have a D main and an X main and all that cool stuff, but it's when you have a whole day of just preliminary features, it kinda gets a little bit I don't know. And for Chili Bowl a couple of years ago I
1: had nothing going on and I watched every single race on Saturday. Oh my god. <laughs> I just I don't know. And then my buddies are like, Will, are you going to come out today? I'm like, no, I'm watching Chili Bowl. I don't... <laughs> and then they're like, well, we want to go to eat. You want to come along? I go, Can they didn't have... They wanted to take my car because I had the bigger car at the time. Yeah. And they're like, can someone else drive? I want to watch Chili Bowl. the <laughs> <laughs> <over> way there.
0: <laughs> the only way alphabet soup is fun is if it's like how it was on Saturday where you get a really fast guy, have issues in his heat race and he has to run up through all of the, the, the D-main and a C-main and a B-main, which Donnie Schatz had to do, which that's when that stuff's fun to watch. But normally you get the top two guys from each race go to the next one, but there's 20 cars in the next race, so it's darn near impossible for those two guys to even consider making the top two and moving on to the next one. I want to say J.J. Yaley made it at the Chili Bowl. He made it oh, really
1: a lot of races one time. Like, seven, Mm -hmm. I want to say. Seven. That kind of
0: stuff is fun to watch. Yeah,
1: and every year someone makes it through at least three or four, Yeah, which I like that
0: big alphabet soup kind of day there, and I don't know. Well, I mean, I get that they don't really have a choice, because they get 69 cars to show up, which then you have to run a C-Main and a D-Main, but I don't know. It was, I liked this format better just because it kind of condensed things into the three days, which I know they had to do, again, they had to do it, but... I just, I don't know. It just seemed a little bit more interesting, and you had three big main features, and they were all World of Outlaw point shows. uh, Which, speaking of that, Logan Shuhart now leads the World of Outlaw points by 18 over Brad Sweet and 62 points over Donnie Schatz. That's only nine spots, people. Yeah. That's, but I'm really, really excited. I want Logan Shuhart to win the championship. I, want him, I wanted him to win the not the Notville Nationals. I didn't. He made a really really snarky comment about uh, Kyle Larson on night night one. Oh, did he? What did he say? I didn't uh, Kyle Larson that. slid up on, slid up in front of him. Yeah, made contact. Made contact, and then after the race, he's like, "I would have liked to have seen a little bit better slide job from Kyle, but I know he's got a reputation to live up to." And I was like, "Really?" <laughs> Like he was so salty, (laughs) and I mean, there was it was pretty minimal contact. Like it just, I mean, it was hard enough that it bent the front wing, but I mean, he still he still raced and finished second. So I, I don't know. And at that point, like you can see cars slide up in front of you. That's it. I said he could have crossed the back underneath it. Yeah, you can see
1: him, and you can like on you can get off the throttle a little bit and then drive underneath them. Yeah. But at that. They're racing so hard. I'm sure he's like, no, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna keep going there. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. It was. I thought it was. It wasn't a dirty slide job, but it was hard. A hard slide job. So we'll leave it at that. Um, but either way, Shewhart comes away from the Nottville Nationals with a nice points lead. Um, and then we go to some local, more local stuff. The IRA rained out at Fairbury, uh, down in Illinois, which I was super bummed about because it drove like six hours to go down <laughs> there. But then it was like seven o'clock or something. Cause we got the first round of hot laps in, uh, and then we waited like half an hour and then they finally called it and it took us like half an hour to get out of there. But by that time we were like, you know what? Sycamore is only two hours North. So it was me and then two guys from, uh, the Wisconsin sprint car updates, Facebook page, which by the way, go check those guys out. Now we do bold predictions every week with them. And, uh, we're like, Where's the nearest Saturday night track? And then they're like, Oh, it's probably Sycamore, it's like two hours north and I'm like let's freak let's go <laughs> so I I was like, We could cross off two bucketless tracks in one day. And uh we went up there and it was it was a really cool show. you you said you've raced there before in Micros?
1: Yeah, they used the, the infield like not I guess not the infield track, but they cut three and four there short. Yep. They were trying to run some smaller cars. The shorter configuration. And um, yeah, that was I don't know. It's a long drive for us because it's like three hours away or something like that.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. it's a it's a cool facility. Mm-hmm. I I like it. There's massive all, like, grandstand. Oh, huge, massive. Like I thought Plymouth was massive, but good lord, <laughs> it's not covered or whatever anything. But it is just. I mean, it covers the whole front stretch, and that place is a lot bigger than Plymouth. So I don't know. It was a really cool race with a late model feature. There It was fantastic. Um, so I don't know. It was. It was nice to see, but along with that IRA right now at Fairbury, uh, Bill Baylog and Sean Rahal are closing in on title-securing races. I want to say that... What do you mean, title-securing races? For, so, for Rahal? He's, like, 250 points ahead for Rookie of the Year. Oh, okay. Um, and Baylog is, I want to say, just about that much ahead of Scott I thought Knightsell. you meant both for the championship. No, no, like, no, 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 no. I'm like... No. Nothing against Sean, he's still learning, but I'm like he's not
1: no, going, he's for, not a he's not going to for a championship this year. Championship,
0: no, but Baylog I want to say is like 250 points ahead as well of Scotty Neitzel, and the IRA puts I believe 85 points on offer per race. So I think it depends. It depends on how they do, obviously. But there's a there's gonna be a point where at the end of the season, like they could secure those championships with like five races left to go. Depending on if they keep finishing ahead of their their rivals. Which is kinda cool, but also like it's very like Lewis Hamilton esque <laughs> in F one where he like wins the championship with like eight rounds left. <laughs> but I don't know. I thought that was just kinda cool to see. Um and then we get to some MSA stuff. Yeah, it's the Midwest Sprint Car
1: Association. There was uh, always seems to be a little bit of drama every week for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. But Travis Aaron's, uh, he got stri- he won the race. Mm-hmm. He got stripped out. Oh, I didn't even know this until later. Mm-hmm. We were, we uh, we invited one of our sponsors to come out and run my car because we promised him the seat while I was supposed to be at Indy. Yep.
0: And then I it got canceled. So Tyler made the feature. Yeah, he right? did. Yeah, your teammate did not yep. your. Uh- not your sponsor. No. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. And, yeah, we'll talk about that a little later.
1: <laughs> and we were just sitting around and talking to people. Like, our engine builder was there and a whole bunch of different fans that were there to watch Andy race. Came down afterwards and talking, and we were kind of like, they were having a few uh, beverages after the race at oh, the trailer. Yeah. yeah, And we're like, why is everyone up at the pitch shoot just looking at the infield? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like all right, I'm just going to go check this out. And mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of people standing up there going, what's going on here? And then there was Travis Aaron's car was in the infield getting stripped down. And I guess we were wondering why there was a race car on the track after the races too. And I yep. guess Travis had to make a few laps to listen to that engine. Mm-hmm. So I guess he got stripped down and something was confiscated to, like, send out or something like that. Yeah, his Magneto was
0: confiscated off the top of his engine. We'll, um, s- we'll see what comes from that. I doubt anything I doubt will any- come. Yeah, I doubt anything. And I've, I've said this from the beginning. Uh, if they're cheating, they're not going to cheat in that obvious way. Right. Travis yeah. is a lot smarter than that. I don't I don't even know if he's cheating at all. Yeah, right, and his crew is a lot smarter than that as well. So, I, you know, it until they actually get caught, and actually – uh Travis actually just messaged me here cuz I I couldn't really get a straight answer from anyone in terms of what actually happened. Um uh, let's see what he he said that he said that he was a, they actually physically accused him of having traction control so he said to strip down the car uh and just to prove that he didn't have any devices in the car. They disconnected everything and had me run laps and told me to make the noise with my foot, so I did, Um, and there was a video that somebody took from the outside of the track, and they're saying, oh, it sounds completely different, and completely, completely different, and blah, 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 and I was like, I don't know, I didn't even really hear the noise when he was out there the next time, because there were so many people yelling and screaming from the side of the track, so, you know, until he gets caught, I don't think there's, you know, there's nothing that anyone can do, and even if he and that's only if he is actually cheating, so it's it's kind of a very touch and go situation because we all know Travis is a really good driver, so this could be just him being really that good, and you know I think it's really hard for people to admit sometimes when a driver does win that many races that you know it's just their pure talent, but I don't know we'll see what happens. We'll see when that magneto comes back. I don't know exactly where they sent it to or. Or whatever, but, you know, who knows. Uh, but I think that's just about going to wrap us up for our news. Yeah, and I
1: don't really have any other news here today. No last, I guess I can check last minute, but we can go into uh – uh into the Sage Fruit Winter Circle, if you want to get yeah. that. Ad. Let's
0: let's slide on into the Sage Fruit Winter Circle. Uh, sage Fruit is a high quality grower, packer, and shipper of Washington State apples, pears, and cherries. We work hard on the farm, and the packing houses, and in sales to deliver an exceptional eating experience to our customers. For the past 17 years, Sage Fruit has been a proud sponsor of Sprint Cars and Sprint Car Racing. We value our relationship with Sprint Car fans and appreciate your continued support of Sage Fruit. Ask for Sage Fruit at your local grocer. Sage Fruit an exceptional eating experience and um uh, where are we going up there all right we're gonna start with uh the open wheel asphalt stuff and then we're gonna move on into our local dirt and all that cool things all right so f1 mm-hmm. the pinnacle of motorsport
1: as some call it not this last weekend. not before. this last weekend kind of a snooze fest lewis yeah. hamilton won again Max Verstappen second in valtteri botas the only exciting part, the, yeah, I don't
0: know. The only exciting part about that race was if Verstappen was going to split the two Mercedes. That's kind of sad that that was the most exciting part. Um,
1: Although I did watch. Okay, shout out to Formula World on YouTube. I don't know if you subscribe to him or all. I recommend it. They do little three-minute blurbs of F1 news and stuff like that and recaps. Hmm. And they there was an interview with. Um, Helmet Marco, he's, oh, a, yeah. he's the advisor for Red Bull Racing. Yep, and they they predict they're predicting that they they've made little strides every week, mm-hmm. and I want to say they said they want to give it about five weeks or so, five more races, and they should be on pace with Mercedes, That's at least
0: with Max for wow. qualifying and the race. Yeah, and I always I feel really bad for Alex Alvin because. You watch him race, and he's really good. Like, if you actually just watch him, like, you know, we say the race was really boring uh, yesterday, but Alvin still made a lot of really good overtakes. And he's a very instinctive driver, and you can tell that he's very good. But when you have Max Verstappen as your teammate, and the team is obviously focused on Verstappen's car way more than Alvin's car.
1: They've came out and
0: said that their goal is to make Max Verstappen a champion. Yeah, so... I just feel so bad for for Alex cuz there's nothing there's not really much he can do besides finish keep finishing fifth and fourth and sixth and stuff.
1: And that's like really good when you have Mercedes up front and you're racing points. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mercedes too, McLaren this year too. McLaren. Yep. But it's unfortunate for Alex because he's a world-class driver obviously. Yep. He's an F1 but in a Red Bull seat. He's teamed up, but
0: with, he's teamed up yeah. with Max freaking Verstappen which who is probably the best driver in the world right now maybe besides Lewis Hamilton but still it's probably really close between the two
1: yeah it's unfortunate where we'll talk about where they're at um for their schedule wise a little later yep but that was the Spain result uh Mm -hmm. IndyCar open wheel biggest race in the world every year yep uh, Marco Andretti took the poll. I guess the Fast Nine will bring you through the Fast Nine qualifiers. Mm-hmm. First three rows in the uh, Indy Five Hundred. Marco Andretti, Scott Dixon, Takuma Sato, the only Chevy driver, Renus VK. Mm-hmm. Is that how he pronounce his name? Yep. Um, he yeah, small team made it fourth. Ryan hunter Ray, James Hinchcliffe, which is cool to see yep. the mayor of Hinchtown. Yeah, in back in, up the front, back of the front.
0: Running a really limited schedule this year too. For James.
1: And then Alex Palou,
0: Graham Rahal, and Alexander Rossi round out the fast nine. Two uh, Indy 500 rookies mm-hmm. in the top nine. Renus VK and Alex Palou. That's pretty cool. Um, also, Graham Rahal very sneakily having a good season again. He's actually in the hunt for the championship. Uh, Takuma Sato, former winner of the Indy 500, he's up there. in third, obviously, Scott Dixon. I mean, nobody's really surprised by that. He's just kind of really good everywhere <laughs> um, Ryan Hunter Ray as well that's really interesting to me uh, he's been running really well this season when he when he's not getting taken out on the first lap uh, by willpower <laughs> so that's pretty cool um, and then we're gonna go down to the MSA a little bit more familiar stuff for our listeners here uh, Plymouth, they just had one race this last weekend. Uh, Travis Aarons, obviously, like we just said, took the win. Brandon McMullen comes home second. Justin Erickson bounces back after missing the feature last week for the first time this season and gets a podium. So that's pretty cool. Um, But (laughs) Brandon McMullen and Travis Aarons just – Classed the field. They're on another level this season. I mean, I don't know what it – like it's either – it's either going to be Aaron's or like I don't remember when we've been able to say this in the MSA where it's like you can bet on one of these two guys winning the feature like every week. I don't think we, we couldn't say that last year. We had twelve different guys win a feature, but this year it's just been those two, and it's been it's going to be those two for the championship I think too, which is cool. Uh, Wisconsin Wingless sprints were off. Badger midgets were off. IRA rained out. IRA lightning sprints were off. And so we're back to asphalt. <laughs> back to NASCAR.
1: NASCAR. They made their debut at the Daytona Speedway road course. Do you find it weird that they haven't raced there before? No, no. I mean the Oval's kind of NASCARs thing. Yeah, but they run road courses. Correct. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> anyway, I didn't find it weird. It, I thought it put on good racing. We talked yeah. earlier about how I know, some I media didn't think it was that great. Chase Elliott took the win in the Cup Series. Austin Sindrick, no surprise, takes the win at a road course in the Xfinity Series. On and a- Sheldon Creed, he won it in the Truck
0: Series. That's all. I like Sheldon Creed. It comes from the off-road truck type deal, which is cool. Uh, ah. Then goes into a completely different kind of quote-unquote truck. It's not really a truck. But it's a truck. It's a car shaped like. A truck. Yeah, it's a car shaped like. It's a car with a truck body on the okay. top. <laughs> so nice to see all the up there again. Austin Centric. I mean, it's been unreal. But uh, he's I mean, like what? the Kyle Larson and Bill Baylog of. I'm gonna King look where, where Infinity races. What the championship? Is oh, like he's for gotta, this gotta be series. just miles ahead. Unless he only unless he didn't run like in the first half of the season or something. I don't know. Well, I mean also
1: Chase Chase
0: Briscoe. Yeah, that's true. He did win a lot of races. Um Chase Briscoe was in a sprint car just a little while ago. I think he owns a team.
1: Yeah. Thomas all drives for him occasionally.
0: Oh, okay. Uh and then um while you're looking that up, is it point standings for Cindric or is it is he leading the points? He's they do that. Playoff stuff, but I just want oh. to see where they are for the points. Okay, yep. Okay. Austin
1: Sindrick is is leading the the points. I guess you okay. could say they're both. Sindrick and Briscoe are both tied at five wins each. Uh, Sindrick has eight stage wins to so Briscoe's four, and let's see here. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know how to read this. <laughs> but anyway, they're leading. they're tied. Okay. They're, pretty Quote much
0: tied for okay. the championship right now okay that's pretty cool Um and then we go to the world of outlaws obviously the cappy classic Capitani classic one and only whatever you want to call it night one kyle larson no surprise logan schuhart no surprise aaron reitzel in third that's kind of cool he oh man we'll talk about this in a second but night two david gravel kyle larson and brad sweet that was your top three And then on the finale, which was the Capitani Classic, Kyle Larson, David Gravel, and Logan Shuhart was the top three. I felt, I don't think I've ever felt bad for Aaron Reitzel in my entire life until Saturday night. Hmm. He uh, started on the outside of the front row, outside of Larson, and was the only one that was anywhere close to him in the first five laps, and then blew his motor. Just, ugh. It's just so... On the biggest night of the year, that's like the last thing that you would ever want to happen to a guy, Uh, and especially when he might have a chance at dethroning Kyle Larson. Uh, But the late model series was off. The All-Stars were off this week. Um, But then, did we talk about... Did we talk about all these last week? I feel like we talked about those last week. So they're just old ones. We still had the Sage Root Ultimate Challenge and 360 Nats in here, but... Uh, we'll move on to USAC stuff now. Uh, And there was only one USAC race this week, but they've got a loaded schedule coming up this next week, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Silver Crown, Cody Swanson, took the win at the asphalt opener of the year, right, at Salem?
1: Yeah, that was actually a, a milestone win. I think that was his 30th Silver Crown win. Wow. Which is a lot more than everyone else. He's the first one to get the 30, obviously. That's <laughs> a lot more than everyone else. <laughs> yeah, like there's AJ Foyt on there, Mario Andretti's oh, wow. on that win list. There's huge names and Cody Swanson. It, it's in you silver cone competition, it's Cody Swanson's world and everyone else is just living in it. Really? Yeah, it's, it's nuts. He's amazing. All right. Power ride did not race at all either. Upcoming races. You want to run down first sure. ones of these here? Sure. F1. They have off this weekend for some reason, and then IndyCar. They have their final practice, which is Carb Day. By the time you listen to this, on the twenty first, and then the big show, the Indy Five Hundred, is on the twenty third. Uh, I will definitely be tuned in for it. Oh yeah, yep. NASCAR. It's kind of Dean's weekend up in Dover. They sponsor four of the five races that are happening. The Cup Series are have a double header, both three hundred and eleven
0: mile races. Um, Is that like 400 kilometer, 500 kilometer? Nope. Nope? Just really legitimately 300? 311 miles. Yeah. That's, wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. Because
1: I'll look into it later, but there's... Some reason behind it? There's a reason. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Xfinity, they have a double doubleheader the same days as the Cup Series, the 22nd and 23rd. The Drydeen 200 mm-hmm. races. And then the trucks have a KDI Office Technology 200 lap race on the 21st. Yeah,
0: right, Arca's off this Arca's week. Arca's
1: off. The Badger Midgets are at Sycamore. And the World of Outlaw Late Models are at Lincoln Speedway, Williams Grove Speedway, and Aries.
0: Eries. Eries Speedway. Because it's on Lake Erie. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I, if I was not, uh, attending the all-star race and, uh, IRA race that next Saturday, I would absolutely be down in Sycamore for the Badger visits down there. That's gotta be a cool show. Uh, but that was the last place. That's the only place in the past six races that Chase McDermott has lost. So that's a little, it's a nice little nugget of trivia there for, for all you listeners that care. Uh, the outlaw sprints, they're heading up to North Dakota this weekend, at, uh, August 21st, they're at River City Speedway in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And then on the 22nd, they're at Red River Valley Speedway in West Fargo, North Dakota, Donnie Schatz's hometown. So that'll be kind of interesting. Probably a lot of 15 fans there. Um, All-Stars. Big week for them in the Midwest. We're going to cover these heavily on our Facebook and Twitter and all that cool stuff. Uh August 21st, they're going to be at Wilmot Raceway with their second co-sanctioned event of the year with the IRA Bumper to Bumper Outlaw Sprints. And then uh, on the 22nd, they're going to be at Plymouth Speedway in Indiana. And again, that was just kind of funny when that came out and everybody thought it was Plymouth again. (laughs) Different track, people. (laughs) Plymouth is a common name for towns. Yeah. And then the IRA... Uh, August twenty first, they're again Wilmot Raceway with the All-Stars. And then the next night they're also at Wilmot Raceway. That'll be kind of fun to camp out there. Uh the Roger Isles? Ills? I think Isles. I think I've it's heard. Isles. Uh tribute race, thirty six hundred dollars to win, three hundred and sixty dollars to start that feature. Um kind of interesting that All-Star Race in Plymouth Speedway, Indiana is only five grand to win. So if teams want to save them on some travel costs, you know, maybe some outsiders will stick around at Wilmot, uh, for the next race. And I believe the all-star race at Plymouth is only $400 to start. It's only 40 bucks less to start the, uh, IR ratio. And that's your gas money saved right there anyways. So we'll see. Um, but that'll be pretty cool. MSA just won a race this weekend again at Plymouth. But then after that, I know we've all of a sudden there's like a couple triple headers and stuff. It's really crazy. Um, and USAC, you want to run down those since you're you're our resident USAC expert.
1: Oh yeah, this is this was like the, one of the reasons why I was so upset that it, I, my Indianapolis job <laughs> got cut. Uh, I wanted to attend the these races right here. Uh, the sprint, the all three USAC divisions are at Lucas Oil Raceway Park, that famous uh, asphalt track. Mm-hmm. The midgets or. The Silver Crown cars are there with the USF 2000s and on the 21st, and then the Sprint Cars and Midgets are there on the 22nd, and then the Silver Crown cars on the same day as the Indy 500, actually right before the Indy 500, mm-hmm. are returning to the Hoosier 100. That should be a great race, maybe the last one ever. Yeah. Thank you for Colvin for bringing that race back. Yeah, exactly. And other non-wing Midget stuff. Uh, Power Rye has a speed weekend. Uh, all three races in Illinois. Lincoln, Illinois, Macon, Illinois, and Jacksonville, Illinois, 21st, 22nd, 23rd.
0: Yep. And then you want to run down
1: the final little local stuff here? Sure. So as always, Shano's running, 141's running, Gravity Park, The Berg, Slinger, Dell's Raceway Park, and Jefferson Speedway. Mm-hmm. And I th- we always write, forget to write Beaver Dam Raceway. They race over Saturday.
0: Usually they have special stuff, so I think it was just always up in the top section of our List here. I'm gonna put Beaver Dam. Yeah, we'll put right Beaver there. Dam. Uh, and also Madison International Speedway is running again with uh, extremely limited fans, and like people just been parking their cars and stuff in the infield and standing on top of them to watch the race. <laughs> so that's a little bit interesting. WIR actually, this was news we didn't talk about. WIR was put up for sale. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that uh, Wisconsin International put up for sale, but they're still racing. Uh, so obviously, hopefully, it's just somebody else buys it and keeps it going. Uh, but I think right now we're gonna plug in our Gasters project hot seat segment. Uh, with Jack, old fast Jack Vanderboom, fast Jack. What a guy! We'll hear from him in a little bit. Uh, and then after that, I think we'll come back with some Hot Farms bullpen power rankings. Sound good? Sounds good to me. Let's talk to fast Jack. Awesome. Welcome everyone to our Grassroots Project Hot Seat segment. Wisconsin-based Grassroots Project is a nonprofit organization working to strengthen and grow grassroots racing. Since 2017, the project has produced several short films and articles, in addition to financially assisting racers and tracks through awards and sponsorships. To donate or learn more, visit grassrootsproject.com. And we're very happy to welcome into the Grassroots Project Hot Seat segment today. Well, when I say we, uh, it's just me here right now. Will uh, couldn't make it for our interview portion this week. Uh, But we're very happy to welcome in Jack Vanderboom. Fast Jack, how are we doing bud?
2: I'm doing pretty good. How about
0: yourself? Oh, just fine and dandy. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning here in Wisconsin. And um, you've been racing in Wisconsin quite a long time. Uh, I kind of know where you come from and uh, how you got your start and everything like that, but there's going to be some people listening to the podcast who don't. So could you just kind of run down your racing history for the uh, the listeners out there that don't exactly know who you are?
2: Yeah. So I got my start racing about roughly 11 years ago in karts when I was five. I started out in kick karts, kind of moved up and then we decided to get out of the karts out here at our local track, which is Badger. Um, And we went up to Beaver Dam for Tuesday nights and ran juniors for three years and kind of just moved up to the ranks. And now we're here through the sprint cars. So
0: did you actually win any uh, micro sprint or mini sprint championships? I I couldn't remember.
2: Um, Yes, I did win one micro championship in 2018
0: all right awesome um and so you've had a few good moments in your racing career already even in uh, the 360 sprint cars and how short of your career is in that so far Uh, if you could relive any moment in your racing history what would it be
2: um well i would say a relive moment for me would be my championship in 2018 actually we actually had a lot of problems that year, and we worked really hard for it, and we just toughed it out and got through
0: it. Hey, it seems like seems like championships are worth a little bit more when you have to when you have to put in some time and effort in the shop, especially. Um, speaking of being in the shop and stuff like that, uh, if you had to drive another kind of dirt car besides a 360 sprint car, which you find yourself in now, what would it be? Well,
2: oh, I would say if I were to st- if I could stick to open wheel probably be maybe some wingless stuff or some four ten stuff. Okay. Try dabble with some stuff, see see how it goes.
0: There's uh there's no desire to go to uh asphalt or anything like that.
2: If I had the opportunity I would definitely try it. I would not turn it down.
0: That's awesome. Uh what about fender cars on dirt? You don't wanna experiment in some late models or anything like that?
2: You know, fender cars honestly are not my thing, coming from open wheel, but <laughs> yet again, if I had the opportunity, I would definitely not turn it down.
0: Awesome. So, kind of jumping, well, switching gears here, Uh, what do you kind of do to prepare for a race night? Just kind of take us through what your steps are to kind of get ready for uh, a night in the MSA Sprints.
2: Well, it kind of starts at the start of the week. You know, we wash the car from the week before on Mondays, and do a little bit of teardown on Tuesdays, and uh, I think Wednesdays are tire day. We have setups on Thursdays, we load up on Friday, and then we're ready for Saturday.
0: Do you have any like rituals or anything that you go through? Any specific routines on race day that you do uh, in order to kind of get yourself in the right mindset for that race night?
2: If I were to say I'd pretty much just be wake up and be ready.
0: <laughs> I guess if you put the preparation in, it kind of just takes care of itself. Um in the MSA right now, this is kind of an interesting question. We've got a lot of different answers on it. Um in the MSA right now, who is the best driver in the pits? Oh, the best driver in
2: the pits. Um well
0: Besides yourself. Can't say yourself.
2: <laughs> 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 Well, if I were to say, I'd say everybody's a pretty great driver. But if I were to pick, it would either be Brandon or Kurt or possibly um, Adam or Justin. One of those four. They're also they're all pretty good drivers. Okay.
0: Um, yeah.
2: But out of those four, I would pick Brandon and Kurt to be one of the two.
0: Well, that's awesome. You can't go wrong there with either one of those. Um, are there any unen? Like any up and comers in the MSA to kinda of watch for. I know we had a really, really strong rookie class last year, and those those drivers have gone on to now win a lot more uh heat races and B mains and even come close to some A mains. Um again, this is besides you, are there any up up and coming drivers to watch for in the MSA? Uh
2: up and coming drivers in the MSA, um Well, oh, I would say Definitely Tyler Davis, um, possibly Tyler Tischendorf, he's been a good competitor so far, or Austin Hartman.
0: Really? Okay.
2: Yes, they've all been improving a lot, and it's been, it was fun racing with uh, Tyler last year for a rookie, and um, Tyler Tischendorf, you know, he's been competitive this year, and... Mm -hmm.
0: Austin, I can definitely see a lot of improvement. Yeah, t- both of the Tylers have been have improved a ton since last year, and they've been very competitive this season. Um, the MSA goes to a few different tracks, I believe. It was supposed to be six or seven this year, but obviously we dropped SK Speedway, and Angel Park isn't exactly looking uh, fantastic for the rest of the year uh, but what's your favorite track um, that you've ever raced on could be in a micro or in a even in a go-kart um, or in or in a full-size sprint car um, and what kind of tracks would you like to see added to the msa schedule
2: well i would say with the sprint car it'd either be out or angel park mm-hmm. i definitely like running those tracks in a sprint car Um, I also liked running Angel Park in the micro, but kind of going back from out of the, I guess, you know, out of Badger, Midgets, um, it would definitely be Tomahawk Speedway. Okay. Um, we, We would go up there a lot during our off weeks, and that was a great track. We always had fun running that
0: that's been a that's a track that uh, a few people want to see the full size 360s run on at some point. do you think that that would that, that track would actually um, be able to feel the full- size 360 show
2: you know if the way with Andy's going now, I'd say a year or two it would be consideration you know he's um I know Andy real well and he's been he puts all the money that he makes back into that track, and he's been improving
0: it a lot over the years. It's yeah, it's interesting looking up there. You just see it seems like every other week there's something new at the track, and uh, you know, kind of state of the art stuff. But um, obviously, they do still have a long way to go. It's a relatively new place. Um, so, kind of jumping gears again, back to actual race night. Um, how would you describe your uh, personal driving style you kind of high side hustling or are you kind of a bottom feeder or somewhere in between
2: you know if the car's set up for running up top or you know if i have to i will uh, mostly i stick to the bottom because okay. you know it's not i'm not quite that experienced, you know running up top so yeah Better not to take chances. I can go up there, but (laughs) better not to take chances if it's pretty wicked up there. But if I have to go up there, I will.
0: Are you In in terms of your actual uh, driving style, are you more aggressive or do you think you're kind of wait and see what happens in front of you and then kind of take advantage of that? Or are you kind of go after it and, you know, I'm going to get by these guys no matter what it takes?
2: Well, I would say, you know, if I have to make a run for it, I can – you know try to get well kind of aggressive you know i'm not trying to you know kind of chop people a lot and stuff like that um i try you know if i have to move up spots then i will um but usually i'm more of the patient type you know i'll wait for somebody to mess up in front of me take advantage of it mm-hmm. you know take the low side take the high side on them just it's just better that way for me because I can really study what they're doing and I know after a few laps what they're going to do.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so we could talk about racing all all day here on the podcast um, but what do you do in your free time uh, that isn't racing or do you do anything in your free time that isn't racing related?
2: Well, see, free time, well, I do work. <laughs> um and you know it's just i guess really hanging out with friends um i do i ride dirt bikes four wheelers uh winter i snowmobile but you know it's pretty much all summer is racing i mean we Mm -hmm. used to go four wheeling a lot but it's just all became full-time racing it's just all we do now
0: yeah well i mean that's Kind of the dream, isn't it? Um, So for 2020 here, um, you know, we've got a few races left on the MSA schedule. Is that kind of your, uh, what you're planning on doing for the rest of the season is just kind of sticking with the MSA? Will we see you um, in any of the 410 shows, like up at 141 or anything like that, running your 360? Or are there plans for a 410 deal in the future? No, we're definitely
2: going to finish up the season in the 360. Uh, We might consider running some 410, you know, going up at the 410s with the 360 running that. But, you know, we're just going to go where it takes us. Maybe next, next year or two we'll dabble with some 410 stuff. Maybe not. It just all depends on how it goes
0: absolutely so we do this thing here on the podcast where we ask uh the current guest a question for next week's guest and we had harley white on the podcast last week and um uh, she asked you uh what do you think as a what what do you think it will take as a racer to get your first career sprint car win
2: well what i think it will take would be just me being fast running consistent laps You know, trusting, knowing what the car is going to do, you know, just focus on staying out front and keeping in front of a lot of those fast guys, you know, like Brandon and Kurt and, you know, all those guys I mentioned, Mm because they are not easy to stay in front of. And I have definitely figured that out during heats and stuff, because they are, they do tend to get around me.
0: Well, and... Not to this. I hope it's not bringing up a painful memory or anything like that. Um, but last year, uh, one of my first nights that I was actually announcing at Plymouth, um, you and Jim Malis had one heck of a fight, uh, for a feature win, and Jim obviously came out on top. It was his uh, final career feature win. What do you think that you know? Thinking back to that specific night, because I mean that was really really close. I mean you came within a couple car lengths, uh, of your first win. Um, what do you think you could have done different that specific night?
2: Um, well, I think I could have definitely moved up, like earlier, mm-hmm. to run. You know, maybe even got behind him to run lap traffic to kind of you know follow his line to see where he gets around, and maybe you know we get through, and I maybe get a got a run on him, um, but. Definitely would be, you know, just the main thing would be just running faster on the bottom because he was really fast up top. That's where he's just gaining ground on me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I just that that night just kind of popped up into my head um, as one of your you know closest times that you've come to a feature win. Um, next week on the show, <clears throat> excuse me, we have uh, Mooresville, North Carolina native uh, Carson Quapple. Uh, coming on the podcast, multi-time Outlaw Kart uh, champion. He just won the Outlaw Kart National Championships, and now he's winning a ton of races and super late models. Um, Do you have any questions that we, you would like to see us ask Carson? Well, um, cool. he said he came from
2: Outlaw Karts.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, doing some super
2: late model stuff he said huh?
0: mm-hmm. asphalt super late models is uh asphalt just want to clarify yep okay. yeah
2: yeah definitely one question would be would he if he got the opportunity you know is he still racing out hurts uh yes
0: yes he is periodically yes,
2: okay so Would he ever, you know, move into like possibly like a dirt light model or a, you know, like a sprint car in that matter, you know, Mm -hmm. if he had the chance to ever move into that. Okay. Other than the outlaw car and the super light model.
0: So basically, would he ever move into like a full of, well, full size dirt, dirt car?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Awesome. We will for sure ask Carson that. So I just want to thank you, Jack, for coming on uh, to the show here today for the last little bit of this interview. Um, This is your time to plug all of your sponsors um, and people that you want to thank. Uh, So the floor is yours.
2: All right. Well, I would like to thank, well, first of all, my parents, you know, my mom and dad, you know, they've, you know, supported me through this whole thing. You know, they're the ones that make this thing work and um Rick and Sharon you know they give up so much time during their weekends they when they really don't have to and they come out every single weekend and help um Keith Mike Jimmy they all come out and help you know they've been a huge help so far um R&H You know, Scott and Rick, they've been a huge help for the past two years, you know, kind of getting us on our feet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd like to thank, you know, all the companies that sponsor the MSA, you know, MSA wouldn't be here, you know, it wouldn't be where it is without them, you -hmm. know, supporting us and just, you know, (laughs) I guess... (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds good, man. Well, thank you for coming on uh, to the show here today, uh, and I'm sure I'll sure I'm sure I'll see you uh, at a track here really, really soon. Yep,
2: definitely.
0: All right, welcome back, and we're gonna run down some power rankings here. No professional plating IRA sprints power rankings this week uh, as they got rained out. Uh, we'll definitely have some after this next week as. Weather looks pretty good, and they've got a double header, so we'll hopefully at least get one of them in, uh, no matter what. But do we want to start with some Dirt Kings power rankings here? Sure. You can start us off on All right. <laughs> Still opening up the document. Uh, Justin Richie stays on top uh, of the Dirt Kings power rankings after a couple of really strong showings, both at Plymouth and Gravity Park. Uh, Brett Swedberg. Oh, my gosh. We never put those in the – past week's feature winners. <laughs> Whoops. I guess, I guess we should say that uh, at Plymouth, Jesse Glenn's won uh, the Dirt Kings race, and then on Sunday at Gravity Park, uh, Kyle Redont uh, won his first career Dirt Kings feature uh, after picking up the win the night before as well at Shawano. Uh, so really good weekend for Kyle Redant. And then, uh, so Justin Ritchie stays on top. Uh, podium finishes uh, both nights, I believe. Brett Swedberg, a couple top fives as well. He'll stay in second. Justin Reed moves up two spots after... Oh my gosh, was that TikTok? No. I swear to God, Will. It was Facebook. <laughs> I was looking at NASCAR next-gen stuff. Okay. Um, Justin Reed kind of felt for the guy. Um, got caught up by a lapped car at Gravity Park. Uh, was running in second. Uh, hunting down Taylor Scheffler for the lead, got caught behind a lap car that just, I think it was Scott Spect that literally just happened to decide to go wherever Justin Reed was going to try and pass him. Uh, did not hold his line on the bottom, just was all over the track. Um, so Justin got caught out there, and then at Plymouth, he was running second and got wrecked by uh, Mitch McGrath. So he moves up two spots, because I really believe he would have got a pony in both nights. Uh, Nick Anvilink, uh, stays in fourth after what would have been a second place at Plymouth, and then obviously he was injured in that wreck at Plymouth uh, with Mitch McGrath, so he did not race at Gravity Park. Uh, so Nick stays in fourth. Taylor Scheffler moves up two spots after a strong showing, both nights. Uh, was leading the race at Gravity Park before Kyle Rudolph snuck past him in lap traffic. Ron Bernaus stays in sixth. Troy Springborn moves down a bunch, of, a whole bunch of spots after really kind of being nowhere all weekend. Uh, Kyle not biggest mover this week, goes up from unranked to 8th. Turk Letizia moves up one spot to ninth, and Brad Miller moves down one spot to 10th after, I think, two DNFs. I don't think he actually finished a feature uh, with the Dirt Kings this last weekend. So, uh, But yeah, that's going to wrap up. Dirt Kings power rankings, you can find those on our Facebook page, uh, and also with some guys that, you know, maybe we're just on the cusp of those power rankings, and... Uh, maybe that will get some votes later this season. All right, but this is kind of your deal. Well, so you want to run down the MSA?
1: Yeah. So, uh, the top, top two spots flipped again. Travis Aaron's going to the lead. Brandon McMullen back down to second. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much Travis. I don't. Know, they they ran one two well race. It's just that Travis won it, kind of put him over the edge. Kurt Davis remains in third. Ben Schmidt had a great run again. He's in fourth. Justin Miller kind of ran in the middle.
0: Yeah, he was he was the mid pack 360 driver this last week. Finished 11th.
1: Yeah, welcome <laughs> welcome to the club, Justin. <laughs> uh, oh nah, I anyway, mean, everyone has their off nights. Justin Miller oh, yeah. would be back up at the front. Lance yeah. Fosbender stays the same. I don't think he transferred out of the B main. No, he did. He did. He, yeah, he finished. Oh, this. I was thinking, I think he finished sixth in the
0: feature, something like okay, that. Okay, it was the
1: heat race that he pulled off of or something. Maybe it was last week. I don't okay. know. Last week he didn't yeah. make it out
0: of the B. Yeah. You're correct.
1: Brandon Berth, uh, he is in 7th mm-hmm. And then
0: Justin Erickson. I think Justin Erickson should be higher. The thing was with Justin is he was higher. Um and then like he was I don't know where he was up to sixth at one point, I believe, and then uh completely missed the feature last week. Uh, and a bunch of other people did really well last week, so I didn't really have a choice. I dropped him down to 10th, and now this week he moves up two spots uh, back into, that was that, 8th? So he's our biggest mover this week.
1: Kevin Karnitz, he ran good again. Mm-hmm. And then, for some reason, I'm still on the rankings,
0: even though I just didn't... I manage. have said in the past that I will not drop someone off the power rankings for a no-show. Unless somebody else does really, really well and deserves a spot, but nobody else does, did really well and deserved a spot. So Alrighty. The only one that was really close for me was Tyler Tischendorf. Uh, he won his heat race, and then... Hey, he did a good job. Yeah, I think he got hit or something in in the feature and like got caught up on the top side or something like that and lost a couple spots. Mm. He ended up like 13th or something like that. But yeah. he's been running really good the past couple weeks. Yeah,
1: I, I missed my race. We put Andy Gluin, one of my sponsors, in the car. Yep. Uh, for, his first sprint car race in twenty years or something like that, <laughs> and he ended up. Uh, he passed a car in his heat race. It was. Uh, it was the one the person I'm thinking of. Correct. Scott Conger. Yes. He passed Scott Conger, and yeah. okay. Scott Conger yeah. got past him again, and uh, he started in the back of the B main. <laughs> and uh, on lap one, he made three quarters of a lap before uh, getting involved in uh, Austin. Hartman's spin, he got upside down, but not too bad. Not too bad. Just kind of a little tipsy. Yeah, he. Well, he did bend the front, the front axle like at a ninety degree. He hit him pretty hard. No frame damage. No, no no frame damage or anything. But yeah, it's exciting night for a sub. I mean, pass a (laughs) card,
0: flip over. Yeah. It's a little bit eventful. I think he was a he was a
1: little bit embarrassed and I know his wife wasn't exactly too thrilled with that outcome. She was nervous at the get go and uh I know we were teasing him like, Oh, it could end up as bad as our night the other week where I got in, Tyler and Tyler got upside down. And she was showing him and she was showing uh Lloyd, my crew chief, was showing uh Andy's wife pictures of the mid crash that Oh, with Tyler going over. Like yeah, he could end up like this, and then they laughed it off, and (laughs) And he ended up going over.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh oh,
1: no. So yeah, he. I'll I'll post some pictures to Will Garrett's racing on Facebook. I got a few of Andy, Mm -hmm. uh, and his night of him in the car. I got. I actually have a video of the lap, and you can see him go for a little bit of a ride. Yeah. And got him with the car, giving the finger to the camera. (laughs) Uh, with with the car after the night it was yeah it's it's great fun stuff yeah anyway that'll do it for our power rankings and I think for this
0: week's podcast yeah Uh, one thing before we go our website is up and running and by the end of well by the time this podcast goes up on Thursday the domain name will be purchased and uh, it'll be up it'll be masautosports.com and uh, because Midwest Autosports apparently is already taken from somebody I don't know I don't know who has it but it's been taken. Uh so it'll be masautosports.com uh and we've been posting links of driver bios and uh race reports and stuff from both well Will, Trevor and Sean. Uh obviously this last week um there's not going to be one from Will and Sean uh because of obviously you didn't race and Sean got rained out. There's going to be one from Trevor though. Um and then we'll have race previews for Will and Sean for this next weekend. Uh, so that's it's been really fun. I think the website looks pretty good. I don't know. It's kind of still in the developing stages until this Thursday, but uh, yeah. So go ahead and go check that out um, again. MASautosports.com. dot com. If you want to join Team MAS, there's a form uh, on the website for you to do that as well. And I believe that's gonna wrap it up for the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, go to I guess as always. It's available on. Pretty much all the podcast networks, including mm-hmm. Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, uh, all I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then share share it with your friends. I mean, if you enjoy if you enjoy the show, mm-hmm. I mean, if you made it this far, you probably don't mind us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just sure.
1: share it with your friends. Always helps us. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, I guess that'll do it. Have Have a one, good week. One more thing. Our first season is wrapping up here. We've only got two more episodes after this one. Uh, from our first full podcast season, um, and we're looking for sponsors for our next season. We've got a couple lined up already that we're going to announce, I believe, either next week or the week after that, uh, but we've got a couple lined up, but we're still looking for a lot more, so uh, hit us up if you want to sponsor the podcast, if you own a company or a business, or maybe you just, you're, yourself, want to chip in some money for the podcast, uh, we'll we'll get we'll get with you and we'll work something out. Uh, again, you can send us an email at masautosports at gmail.com. But yeah, thanks for listening. Keep it flat out to talk to you next week.